from Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. I'm Brian Maiman. We got uh, Bleep. He's standing by to make sure he edits out anything that uh, Brian Martin doesn't say that's appropriate for sure. I was good on this last one. I didn't have one bleep. You didn't have one bleep. Are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. I'm questionable. We, we didn't even have one bleep for bleep to bleep. <laughs> what the bleep in the heck's going on here, man? <laughs> yes, you didn't. We didn't have one, any transgender one, fender benders. One in a row. Boom. There. Just check that way out. It's gone already. So we got Brian Martin, obviously, as you know, and then the great Brad Dana across from me. So uh, anyway, we're going to talk today about the drought out west here. It's been pretty significant in a lot of western states. Uh, maybe the one of the biggest that I've seen since I've been here in 15 years. And Canada, too. And Canada, western yeah. Western Canada was dry. And, uh, um, and it's had an effect, especially in this tri-state region that we're seeing that we're living in right now. It's had an effect on horn growth on mule deer, it seems, to all the way across the west. It, it's just kind of a wreck. But, this, this but right turn, now, this turning into even the a prairie dogs were down three, three or four pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> But the, I think uh, prairie dogs starved this year. But uh, western South Dakota, western uh, North Dakota, the, basically the eastern part of Wyoming and Montana and the western part of South Dakota and North Dakota have been affected greatly from the drought with something called EHT or blue tongue. And I guess, you know, technically there is a difference between the two. A lot of people just uh, encompass them together. But uh, both viruses are related and have very similar symptoms. So whatever, uh, we, we can get into the weeds on that all you want today. Well, well, but the reality is, is that we have no deer. It's decimated. What, wouldn't you say, what guys? You, is it down 60, 70%? I'd say 80 well, I think it's a combination because the drought, there's no grass. And then the and cows that, overate the grass. And the cows overate the grass. There's no water. You got all these midges. I mean, it's just a perfect circle. It's a perfect storm without the storm, so to speak. So, yeah, it's, it's man, it's been tough. Um, a lot of outfitters are canceling hunts left and right. I had people in today, and they were talking about some guys are outfitters, and they're just canceling all their hunts because they have no deer. Well, Wyoming has we we've been in contact with Fish and Game and the biologists in Wyoming, and Wyoming has no official statement yet to put out. Um, they're aware of the situation and uh, they're looking at it uh, day to day right now. Montana has no official statement yet as well. Um, they're aware of it and looking at it, but they're they're not going to do anything because well, maybe they because don't know that there's a drought and the deer are down or something. No, I just said they're aware of it. Oh. We talked to them. Uh, <laughs> they. Uh, um, but I doubt, you know, now the seasons are well underway. Um, South Dakota, North Dakota, we did not get a hold of today. South Dakota um, uh, has an option to return, but it must be before the season starts. 
Um, well, and it the seems reason, reasonable. Yeah, and the reason needs to be EHD on the uh, on your request, and it must be postmarked by the day before the season started, and um, and then you must use your address uh, um, that they mailed it to as a return address uh, for them, and uh, they they will refund the license to you. So South Dakota has addressed it, and again, North Dakota hasn't said anything, but South Dakota is obviously seeing that uh, um, it is decimated. Uh, or affected different regions, you know, pretty significantly. Yeah, it's tough. It's a bummer. Um, you know, yeah. we saw a lot of white-tailed deer. I, I always go out for an annual pheasant hunt. It's not great. It, it's good pheasant hunting. You know, it's fun. It's a, a camaraderie type thing. But I saw a lot of dead deer tromping around in that stuff. Oh, you did? Oh, gosh, yeah. Just Where was this? Like how, Jason's. Uh, how oh, recently really? where they died? When you say a lot. Three, five. Oh no, I saw ten dead deer. Probably ten dead deer, in like the from one the day last of pheasant hunting. Were the carcasses one or two months old? Out in the field? Well, they're in the sloughs and stuff. You know, yeah. right, right down. You're hunting. You're hunting. So you were just running bite. across carcasses. Oh, yeah. And uh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot crazy. of dead deer. There's a lot of dead deer. That's a lot, actually, just for bird hunting. Yeah. So, and you know, I mean, even out there, they didn't have the drought like we had the drought either. I mean. You know, out there they got, they had enough. They had pretty good crops and and whatnot. It doesn't seem the Black Hills are quite as affected because of the water resources they have. I think you're um, right. It happens uh, more in areas where it's it's it kind of like a clay type soil and yep. something the water gets stagnant or something, right? Yep, super stagnant. I, I would just I'll, I'll just read this to you, um, Doctor Google, right? Uh, um, and he says both viruses, EHD and blue tongue, are very uh, uh, viruses are related and have very similar symptoms, but are different in that white-tailed deer get EHD, while blue tongue is a well-known disease of domestic sheep, cattle, and goats. In addition to affecting deer, EHD, blue tongue are completely separate diseases from chronic wasting disease. Just so everybody knows, it's not CWD. Yeah, it's not CWD. That's a whole. We're not talking about that today. We're not going to get into that. Um, I don't want the political crossfire of uh, that's a brain um, that, that becomes that goes in their brain yeah it, it's uh, a spinal tissue cord brain type Jacobs yeah. it's not brought on by reasons. droughts or bad water no 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 this disease Prions. this disease you can almost you can almost count on the fact that EHD is going to be have an effect on our population now I've lived here 15 years and I've seen three really severe droughts and uh, what I would say would be severe droughts, not that I'm an authority on it, only living here 15 years, but I've seen some pretty significant droughts, and each time the deer population has been affected greatly by it. Yeah, was deer this, and antelope. Was this the worst that you've seen? Or? This is the worst I've seen. Um, you know, we had EHD about the time we got our lease in Montana six, seven years ago, and there was a drought, and there was some EHD, and there was deer floating in the uh, the creek, and we, we knew the deer population down. But what really killed them that year was we had a, a, a just a terrible winter, and they died of starvation. They just couldn't get moisture. You know well, that what I'm was saying? 13? Um, yeah. Um, and, and it was just bad. But this is just different. I mean, we're not even seeing much, many dead deer up there. It's just, no, they're, they're, just, just they're just gone. They're just gone. There's no grass. It's um, tough, tough, yeah. tough. It's just, and, and that's the other thing. The, the deer herd, in my opinion, move out of their normal, the ones that do make it. They, they got to go where there's green. You know, they got to go to what they where they can make a living. 
and there's no replenishing of the grass on these pastures because the cows eat it, and without water, there's just there, there there's, uh, there's not no much, revival. There's it. not been much regen, has there? No, not at all. Now we did get quite a bit of moisture after you know after it was too late. I was still good for the ground, but you're seeing you're seeing some green up and some little shoots coming now. We've seen that in the last weeks, but man, it's going to be tough for them. But blue tongue, the drought, it's all been a perfect storm for a difficult, difficult fall, I think, in those areas. Epizotic hemorrhagic disease. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Yep. Um, is what it is, and that's what EHD stands for. And again, it is often called blue tongue, but it's not blue tongue. And I believe if I understand it right, it's coming from a gnat. Yeah, and it well, gets in the stagnant um, thing, and then the parasite gets in. I believe the, the gnat's the vector. It's a virus, blue tongue virus, and the EHD virus cause EHD. Yep. EHD is a general term for caused by those two viruses. Maybe Pfizer can come up with an EHD to go along with their COVID vaccines. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, oral <laughs> injection. You just put it in the water. <laughs> you guys are making me choke. Have like some of those like little what do you call it? Hummingbird liquors yeah, for the deer. Yeah, I think I think that uh, sheep herd in uh, BC got wiped out by EHD this year too. Was it, usually it's pastorella <clears throat> pneumonia. I know, but I think wasn't it this year? Wasn't it? It was white. Uh, it was the one in Grand Forks. There's several areas. Yeah. I, um, Ke- Kelly was saying that the the Badlands do, sheep are down. Yeah, but those are from that's from pneumonia. Yeah, the that's a hundred percent pneumonia. because yeah, they had. Th- and I some places the sheep will get lungworm. I saw an article on it. It's not down as bad as they thought it was, but it's down. That's good. How much down? Forty <laughs> percent. Yeah, a bad area can BC and Alberta and some of these places. Well, I don't, actually haven't seen Alberta with it, but BC uh, has had a couple of them in their California areas down eighty ninety percent. And the problem is the California areas in BC, a lot of times will be fairly close to domestics. And so somebody's pet goat or sheep gets away and gets in the herd. That's the nice thing about like your Wyoming sheep are pretty remote and, you know, in Colorado too, but that you can't put domestic sheep too close to the, um, where they're going to, the rams are going to wander to the, um, well, we have some buddies, we have some buddies and members that were hunting north of town here in Bell, just north of Bellfouche, South Dakota. And uh, I know exactly the pasture they were on because uh, um, I, uh, I turned them over to where to go hunting out there. And um, they came over a corner, and there was a big ram. If you go to our Instagram page um, and scroll well, that down, was a good you'll ram. see it. That was a good ram, right? And you don't want him there. There's too many pet goats. Yeah. Well, there's there's, there's 10,000 uh, domestic sheep within a mile, two and miles. And bighorn sheep are known wanderers. They're in the rut, and it's a problem. Yeah, and he was so exhausted that um, they literally <laughs> they literally snuck up, grabbed his horn, um, because he was laying there with his horn, uh, and they thought he was dead. But then they could see his chest breathing, so they went up, and they grabbed him, and the thing, he jumped up and turned like he was going to butt heads with them. <laughs> and then they, and my buddy goes, then I went, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> uh, well, sheep are pretty non-passive-aggressive. <laughs> right. So he uh, um, then he just kind of ran off, and then he just stood there with his head down like, I'm Did he exhausted. have snot coming out of his nose? Nope. He said it looked perfectly healthy. He just looked like he'd been exhausted from wandering and roaming, so... Um, but you that's know, unusual. I've never, I've never been able to walk up on a bighorn sheep and catch it. And that's my thought. He had to be sick to some degree. Something is wrong with you him. You know, 
it's uh um you know animals just don't do that it's you know we uh we really don't that they don't make it very long when they get caught out there because i think game and fish frowns on letting them try to go back to wherever they're coming and a coyote from. will kill that ram easy coyotes coyotes have no problem killing a mature ram or deer if if it's sick like that right no yeah yeah i've seen i've seen deer get gored and we came along and looked at them and went oh man we should probably shoot that deer but you know fishing game ever you know you you, you got to be careful right you don't you want to do the humane thing but ethical you want to do the dilemma yeah you're in an ethical dilemma like the like we, the goat. We let, well that antelope that we or, let out that's of that, what, yeah the goat kept, the antelope yeah we we found an antelope and he was stuck Tied it, up. Yep. He was top he wire of a gate. Yep. Yeah, wrapped around his hoof. Yep, wrapped around his hoof. And we <laughs> we turned him loose and he he looked like he was in tough shape. Yeah, he looked like a football player that just blew out his ACL. Yeah. He looked like he a, was hobbling around. He looked like a cheerleader that got hit by a football player yeah. that blew out yeah. its ACL. So he was in tough, tough shape. Yeah, but the second you let you got him unwoven from the wire. He was eating. He was. He (laughs) He just took right back to eating. We were like, dude, you're just hungry, huh, little brother? Um, But he was in tough shape. Um, Yeah, he wasn't going to make it. No, I don't think so. And and there's some coyotes in that area. We know this to be true because we've been calling them Bobcats and coyotes. Yeah, bobcats get really close, huh? And eagles. Oh, my gosh. We we called a bobcat into 30 inches. So so here's the thing, though, with this EHD, guys. And and, and what I want, I guess, and the reason for the podcast on this today is because droughts and weather trends affects the weather and landscapes pretty significantly. Okay? It can be extreme out here. This high prairie. Um, uh, that runs into the Rockies. And, well, and it can be in the Rockies, too, the fires. But this year has almost been like the perfect storm. And as, as a booking service, it's been, it's, it's been an interesting year maneuvering through uh, these weather trends. From Alaska all the way down to here. You know, Alaska today is uh, ramping up for getting three feet of snow, four feet of snow, record snowfalls. Um, we got uh, snowed out of Kotzebue, couldn't even get into the camp. Um, we've had uh, hunters that uh, you saw, you couldn't even range find your ram the first day of your sheep hunt. Is that not right? Yeah. Because of the smoke particles, I kept getting twenty two point eight yards or twenty three point one. It was crazy. Yeah, it, it just and so yeah. and then and then we've had because of the drought, uh, bulls went into rut late. They they weren't uh, responding to calls. They were pretty quiet. They they just hunkered down. So it what nothing affects weather more. Uh, or hunting more than weather and circumstances like this, weather trends. Yep. So what do you? how do you prepare your hunters for that, Brian? Depends on where you're at. Like in Asia, we don't really have as much problems with it. I've never seen extreme die-offs there like you do here. The, the, the domestic sheep have lived with wild sheep for so long, uh, they're basically impervious to the disease. You know, I mean, it's kind of like who knows what happened a thousand years ago, but now the the Marco Polo and domestics and the yaks can all run together and the Marco Polo don't die. I've only ever seen a few sick animals over there and it was Ibex that had a skin condition and they were not doing good. And that's that's about it. I've never really seen a sick Marco Polo. I've never really seen like this sheep, this bighorn sheep that you got, that they saw. I've never seen like a die off of the deer where you lose, you know, 30 to 70% of the deer. I've never seen that over there. Um, in Canada, you know, you, do, you typically in the northern, the colder country, you don't have the, even if you have a dry year, you still got water everywhere. Like where I was at in the mountains, 
with the elk hunt, it was a super dry year. It was dusty, but there was creeks and springs everywhere because you're 11,000 feet. You still got a little bit of snowpack in some of the little north pockets. So you, you're not going to have the drought. the drought. The drought is more problematic when you're out on the flats and you got stagnant water with livestock in it. And you have areas where they have shallow and they don't have a lot of, um, they don't have a lot of springs and you don't have the runoff. That clay, clay soil just doesn't get much rain. So you're going to have more of those problems. I, I don't see it. In Canada and Alaska, though, like this year, you had some tremendously bad weather in August and September. On the bighorn honey, we started off pretty good, and then by mid-September, it was quite bad. And that's when you guys are trying to hunt Cotteville. Alaska had probably officially some of the worst weather they've had in years. And you basically have to take super good gear, super good tents. I know guys, one of our guides had a Kelty tent on the mountain. Nothing against Kelty, but it ruined it, right? The guys with a Hilleberg tent and a QU tent held up. The Kelty tent got ruined. So, I mean, you got to have good gear if you're going to be camping this bad weather. And you got to be able to camp right where the game is if it's cold and wet and windy. So when the weather does break, you have a couple hours of hunting time. If you stay down in a cabin or a wall tent and the weather comes, you're not going to be able to be in position for hunting. Here, you know, this is like plains hunting. And, um, you know, you normally go back to a house or a cabin every night and you got your vehicle, but it's super dusty. And uh, until we got that rain and snow a few weeks ago, and this was a dust bowl. You know, so, I mean, make sure you change your air cleaner on your truck here. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, it, it's like this. We've tried to prepare, um, and it's fun because, or it's not fun. It's funny because some of our outfitters have been very, very proactive. And the other outfitters, I totally understand, they haven't necessarily been proactive calling people and saying, hey, listen, we don't have that much deer. But they have a business to run, too, and they got to make chicken salad out of chicken crap sometimes because um, that's what they're dealt. And uh, so my, my encouragement is if you're coming out west, if you book to hunt with us or anybody else, you got to understand that's a variable that's in the mix. I mean, that's a part of the process of coming out west. Yeah, there's nothing they can do either. Well, it's even, yeah, and even Texas, like Texas doesn't have, uh, you know, they have a few desert sheep, but they have a lot of exotics. Um, Audad, you know, Axis deer, um, you have African animals there, but that Texas took a huge hit. The biggest I've ever seen as far as wildlife goes, the same time that all those power, the windmills and the, um, the, the natural gas plants, right, they didn't have, they weren't really ready for a super cold front. The animals, you know, the bongos and your, you know, orcs and all these different animals that are not used to this kind of environment. Axis deer, they died. So there was tremendous game farm losses in Texas this last year. Really? Which obviously a lot of that stuff is free range now towards the western side. So it had to affect that significantly Yeah, the, the free, the odd adders, even though they come from Africa, they are super tough. And they are going to handle it better. And they'll group up in a group and herd together and they'll go in caves and everything. So I think the Audad didn't seem to have the winter kill that your, but your axis, so your tropical animals, your bongos, your axis deer, um, you know, those are the ones that all died. So I had a friend that had a bunch of bongos and they died. Um, guys that had axis deer way down. Cause see, the, those don't really ever have any cold nights. A desert though can be really cold at night in the winter. So you go to Audad hunting. Uh, in Texas or New Mexico or desert sheep hunting around right the Mexico border, you'll get, I, I remember when I did my desert sheep just before Christmas, it was, it was 20, 25, 26, 19 degrees at night, a couple nights. And that's at low elevation. Now during the day, it would be 70. We're in Texas here, you know, we didn't get above freezing during the day. So that's the problem, but it wasn't that much colder at night, but, it, but they, but they can handle a few hours of cold if it gets hot and sunny, but odd at or tough, but that was a problem. Texas had a huge die off. 
So different kinds of, you know, again, if you get a drought in the mountains, it's really not a big deal. If you get a drought out in the desert or this range ground, and then you're competing with cows and the cows got to eat too, that's when it really gets destroyed because the cows are going to eat the forage that the wild animals would eat. Uh, not everything, but sometimes, but then it gets dr- down to cows eat everything except the sagebrush. And well, so, we, I mean, even out in Montana, the sagebrush is just picked clean. It's tough. Yeah. So what happens? Well, is the animals it, have nothing else to eat. You know, they're gonna they're gonna go to whatever they yeah. can to buy a calorie, right? Right. And uh, that's ultimately the end of the day. It, it is it has just been sucked dry, man. And that's why a ranch that has a well on it has a, a big well, and they pump pump piping all around. They got twenty thirty miles of pipe, and they got stock tanks that can really help. But doesn't doesn't take into account the grazing. So the cows have plenty of water, and even the wildlife has plenty of water, but the, the carrying capacity, they budgeted that they needed 30 acres per cow or 40 acres per cow. And with the drought, they probably needed 60 or 70 acres per cow. But they are, how, what do they do with all these cows, right? they got to eat someplace. Yep. And some, some ranchers were actually feeding um, hay, I believe, in the summer and fall. Well, these guys are feeding hay on our lease right now. That's what I mean. They're and, not feeding hay because of the, the, the snow. No, they They're feeding hay because there's nothing, nothing to eat. Normally, they open the gates. The, the cows migrate down to the home as the winter comes in, and they just migrate down. And those pastures are left down there with grass, and then they start feeding in the uh, you know late, late fall, early winter. Well, hell, they're buying hay every day. Trucks loads of hay are coming in because they got they got nothing, and they're rolling out hay like crazy. It's been a crazy 2021. You have the droughts in the West. You have an early winter in um, in uh, Northwest Territories uh, and uh, um, and uh, uh, Alaska, right? You have uh, um, Alberta bighorn hunting was terribly windy and, and a lot of storms coming in. Wildfires and drought in British Columbia. Wildfires all the way across the Rockies. Freezing um, like never has happened in Texas. So much, though, that my uh, family owns a uh, um, food service business, a butcher shop here in town. And uh, um, we, we do a lot of retail, um, and we can't get turkeys. The only person that has turkeys is Walmart. You can't get a freaking turkey. You can't buy a turkey. You're going to be eating, so, gonna be eating pork and, and well, elk for uh, so hams. So ham prices is going up like crazy because everyone's a ham for turkey now, or a ham instead of a turkey. And so you can't brine enough hams uh, right now. I vote prime rib anyway is better. (laughs) Well, that price of that's going to go up too. Prime prime rib uh, for turkey day is better. Yeah, I 100% agree. I eat turkey and dressing. I get tired, want to sleep anyway. Well, you know what I love? I love prime rib with dressing. It's just fine. So anyway, but you got the drought in B.C., and then you got COVID in California, Oregon, and Washington. I mean, that's the shitty thing about this whole deal is it's been a crazy 2021. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then you have you have uh, Go Brandon for president. Yeah, it's uh, it, th- this is the perfect storm uh, for what's happening. No, I, I I seriously just sit here and go, wow. I, I shake my head. It's like every week something new this comes has up. Been, weather. This has been a crazy, crazy year. And I feel Man. bad for all the hunters, including us. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like we have not been involved in every one well, of these topics at every turn when it, we're it, out in the it, field it, hunting. It's not a, it's not a missing us. You're a sheep hunt. Didn't see a legal ram. We get snowed out of Kotzebue, Alaska. 
Um, Even my goat hunt, I went on a struggle. So I I go seven years to draw a tag in Montana. So I draw a tag in Montana this year. Thinking that we're going to find a good goat with this drought. We have horn growth on uh, antelope about this big. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we looked at. 13 and a half inch was like a 15. (laughs) It was. We looked at how many antelope were like, well, there's another 13 incher. There's another 12. Hundreds. Yeah. 300 maybe. Yeah. I'd say about 300 antelope. Which would normally see nine. (laughs) You normally see 900. We see a oh, uh, and, and we normally see a bunch of and we were high and we were able to spot good him. bucks, good, good bucks. bucks. I mean, th- this buck wouldn't have gotten shot normally. No. This would have got what? shot on a block management unit in Montana. <laughs> exactly. And to be frank, I believe he probably. You know, I'm not a you know I'm not a tooth expert, but he didn't look. He was a mature goat for yeah. sure. He was at least um, a three or four year old. He yeah, wasn't, he might wasn't probably five or six, but who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know his horns. We saw a buck. Here's what I think the drought's done. We went into what we call the buck hole, and we slip in there. And we always find bucks, and it, and you get you just kind of get up and get creepy with them because we get right in there and there's this sheer cliff and you kind of come through this saddle and it's just gnarly back in there we hiked back in there on saturday saturday yep saturday Saturday. and we sat there and uh brad spotted a deer to the right and he's like right there's a deer and i look up there i'm like are you that's a buck brad and brad's like "Mm, he's got no horns i'm like no look at it the ears are straight off to the side hanging off it had pedicle flat spots that you could see had had grown up a little bit but no horns he had a real big old pot Pot belly belly. he was an old deer he was a super old deer big old gnarly looking thing and just confused didn't even know what we were which i totally understand but he was he was missing something up here um he was off just yeah and and i'm like he's got no horns and and that i know that was a buck deer that normally would have horns you know it's just crazy you don't think somebody shooting a weatherby shot his nuts off a couple years ago do you or something Uh, (laughs) no 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 nobody nobody shoots that good it was out there Uh, (laughs) um no it it honestly it uh um it it's just crazy it's been an interesting interesting year very interesting so got to make the most of it you know 2021 you do what you can um to have a best hunt you can have and you know, obviously they're shooting some some places are getting some good animals, but not everywhere is going to get good animals this year that traditionally has. Here's the other thing: the tall tail sign is that butcher shop we were talking about, the the Black Hills Butcher Block in town. Yeah. Um, we've taken less taken in less than nine buck deer. Wow! And by now we would be piling 50? in fifty. Oh, probably fifty to a hundred bucks. That and, and the taxidermists would just be busier than busy coming in. And we we had a ton, we had record elk coming in. We had a record year in elk harvest. It was crazy busy and deer. Yeah, the elk handle it better. Elk are less susceptible. They don't they don't drop off. They don't have winter kill as much. They don't have the blue tongue. Um, they don't you know, elk are much more stable. Yeah, and, and the antelope, we, we've had a good antelope year. Deer, nothing. And we got the South antelope Dakota. are way down though. There's the outfitters that like uh yeah, you know, one of our outfitters outfitter around Casper, he's but only they're 30%. still plentiful yeah. enough for guys to yep. be filling their tags. Yep. I don't even think the deer. Have but we didn't hardly see any baby antelope, though. I mean, a few, but not usually many. opening day in Montana, we have thirty to fifty head that come in deer, um, and they're all between that hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty inch mule deer. You know what I'm saying? And guys are happy to come out here in a hundred, and a big one would be one fifty to one fifty five, and then you see a one seventy deer, and you go, "Wow, somebody got themselves a good deer." But yeah. these, but that's what they're killing when they come out here. These guys are killing nothing. They're not. They're they're coming. Well, we're out not seeing that. any deer through the gauntlet on the road. No, I mean we 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 travel a forty mile stretch. 
And, and traditionally, we're slamming on the brakes a dozen times. Which is deer everywhere in the ditches. And we're literally going and seeing two deer. Well, that one day, there was, what, six or seven prairie dogs within a couple hundred yards of us. And that was more than we saw a deer off that road. Exactly. And now those prairie dogs have been euthanized. Is that bad to say? No. no. I don't think so. Well, when no, you don't have any deer. you're in Colorado, so and then you got to suck them out with a hoover and relocate them or something. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, so so the, but the, the, those were a problem up there. Those, those prairie dogs had taken over, man, and there was no getting rid of but them. But I guarantee the prairie dog population will be down. There's going to be a lot of die-off, I would guess. Well, yeah. Either that or they're eating cow crap out there and getting their water and protein from that. So I just, you know, we're seeing no big deer. So I guess, you know, it's one of those things that you never know. That's why that's why you come hunting. It's not a guarantee you're coming out there. You're seeing, I think, mainly three-year-old deer. Uh, yeah, probably two-year-old two deer. Two and three-year-old deer. Yep. I don't know if we've seen one, I would say, one three-year-old deer. You, we saw them together. It was a three-by-four. had a fairly good frame. Yep. Young deer. Um, young, young deer. Super young deer. Yep. So I'd say three years old. That was the best buck we've seen. Yeah, you didn't see any five-year-old deer. No. no. Hell no. We haven't seen anything like that. So it, it's just a struggle, and I, I, I you know, we wanted to do this podcast just to let everybody know that it's not, you know, if you're coming it's out west, you. it's not you. Exactly. It's, it's not, not that you, you need to get a new pair of Swarovskis if you already have a Zeiss. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. And if you went to an outfitter that somebody said, you should come here, I normally have great deer. I don't think they're BSing you. They probably did normally have good deer. Eastern Montana, Eastern Wyoming, Western South Dakota, Western North Dakota, are usually game have game there's an abundance of game out here and i'm not saying that every outfitter doesn't shoot out there uh um <laughs> i don't say every outfitter doesn't shoot out their you know lease or their hunting opportunities but for the most part we have a lot of great outfitters out here that are super struggling this year yeah yeah it's tough so yeah i just uh um so you know if you're coming out west this year I guess I hate to even say this, but we've said it before on this podcast. There's more to hunting than just killing a great big giant trophy. And I know that's a big part of it. And that's almost, you know, sounds like crazy coming out of my mouth because we're always looking for a mature deer and we're always looking for bigger and better. Um, and we're always vetting outfitters trying to find the best, the biggest, da 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 da, for our clients. But this is a perfect storm this year. It really is. Wouldn't you say? I would say. It's a perfect storm. Yeah. Perfect so, storm of nothing. Well, that that would be my encouragement. And uh, um, don't get discouraged. Come out. Have a great hunt. Give it everything you got. If you can't see what you were looking for, at least you give it everything you got. Um, and maybe turn it into a coyote calling trip. Um, we've been doing that the last few uh, um, hunts out. And uh, there's an abundance of coyotes out there. So anyway, and uh, so we appreciate you listening. Um EHD is a, is a real thing, and we deal with it every time there's a drought. And this has been an incredible and crazy year. So uh, um, good luck to all of you as it is that magic time of year, November, and uh, hunting is underway. We hope you all uh, find that giant buck. I have heard great reports of Iowa and Missouri this year um, <laughs> have got a, a great and phenomenal growth. So we'll be looking forward to seeing what starts hitting the ground back there for all our clients. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Be sure and subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. 
If you'd like, leave us a review. Tell us uh, what you're thinking and make sure you refer somebody. Share this with uh, somebody if you enjoy it. We appreciate you uh, listening again. And one more time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting. Happy hunting.